social justice is who I am and it's not a choice because if there's no justice, it means that I have to endure racism and racism is violence against myself. And so when we understand that racism is violence against somebody's soul, mm -hmm. to protect your soul, to honor your soul is to participate in justice. Welcome to Awaken Life Radio, a podcast about being a spiritual being, having a human experience in a world gone mad. Each week, we will discuss how you can heal yourself, cultivate your intuitive superpowers, and be a sacred vessel for planetary healing. I am your host, Narayani Gaya. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome to another epic episode of Awaken Life Radio. This is Narayani Gaya, your hostess, and I am here with the beautiful Sharon Jameson. Hi, Sharon. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for sharing your platform with me. I'm grateful. Thank you. Likewise, I, I've been wanting to do this with you since we first met in that mutual group online where I was reading what you were saying and I was like, yes, that's what I'm saying, but kind of in my way. And it was really about, um, it was really your heart that I felt in wanting to connect and be a bridge cross-culturally. It was post-George Floyd. We were all on fire, you know, and we're in a mixed racial group with really beautiful women who want to make a difference and have success in the world. And I responded and we just started communicating right like that. And um, one of the things that I'm excited about is to really get into, you know, how in this time we can continue to be um, kind of be ourselves, but also grow into the unknown and be bridges for cross-cultural healing that also supports our own spiritual growth. For those of you who don't know Sharon, stay here, stay tuned in because we're going to get to know her and we're going to be talking about, you know, some of your experience and the wisdom that you've held and that you offer as an author, as a corporate leader, as a visionary, as a spiritual sister, and as a daughter of a pastor, a minister, you know, living in the South and the things that you've seen and things that you're doing, because I want people, one, I want to be a platform for black voices, particularly black women, um, just like knock on my heart and knock on it, um, uh, uh, open it. I don't know. Knocking felt a little hard. <laughs> Tap on it. Um, and also for I'm white. Um, there's really no such thing as white, but for sake of conversation, like whatever. So to be able to, to show you guys and inspire you listeners, a community that, you know, the emotional work and the, the difficult cultural conversations and healing, especially now in America that's founded on colonialism and slavery, you know, the slaves and native people and Mexican people and Chinese people too built this country, right. To build your house, like still, I mean, yesterday, even I was 
you know, like the termite thing when they like put the whole tent over the house and they have to spray it. Do they do that out there where they like put the, there's like the spring right across the way. I was like, great. They're going to be like putting these chemicals into the neighbor's house. It's very close to our house. And, uh, and they were like, hey, and they were throwing the tent over. I was like, what's going on over there? Looking out my window. And it was these Mexican dudes. I'm like, oh, great. Like they send the, the Mexican guys to like deal with these chemicals. Like, great. You know, like it's a white run business with these Mexican workers. Like, hey, you know, like it's just so obvious if it wasn't ever for y'all now that that people of color are are the foundation for this country. And so I want to talk about how we can bridge now, you know, in a way that's sustainable for white and black people and indigenous people, people of color alike. Um, you know, some of our, our healing with our own spiritual growth, I'm kind of like throwing this at you. We hadn't even talked about this one yet because I feel like you know, those of us that have deep communion in our way, you know, in our lineages, whether it's the Christ through Christ, through Christ Sophia, through the goddess, through the yoga lineages, native initiations, all these ways that, that Awaken Life Radio really wants to represent. Um, however we work, for me, spirituality comes down to like the heart and, and love and unconditional love. Like that's the heart of all cultures and traditions is learn to love unconditionally and we're all trying to figure out how to do that at, with human bodies. And so can you speak about some of your journey in integrating your social justice work in your corporate work, in your, you have this beautiful write-ups you've been doing, like how to, you know, how to speak to black people. <laughs> like, I think it was like so simple. It's like, oh God, this is so clear. Um, you did that email series, right? Yeah. Like social justice work with your spiritual work. How, how have you been able to merge that? Um, sure a little bit just to kind of open the door here. I'd like to hear a little bit about your, um, your path. Sure. Social justice is who I am and it's not a choice because if there's no justice, it means that I have to endure racism and racism is violence against myself. And so when we understand that racism is violence against somebody's soul, to protect your soul, to honor your soul, is to participate in justice. Mm -hmm. Now, we participate in various ways. Some people participate by protesting. Some people uh, participate by courts. Some people protest by arts and writing. Some people protest by, by using a body of dance to, to create a, whole, a higher vibrational pool where people can get inspired and motivated. Mm -hmm. Some people... Um, use justice by being a doctors and taking care of people who Jesus called the least of these people who have been left out, left back, pushed down. Mm -hmm. So when I, you ask, how can I, what was my passage to this work? My passages in this work is because I was born black. Mm -hmm. And when I was born black, I was taught by society that I was less than society taught me that I was less than through religion that says that since I was black and as I was a woman, I was less than because it's very, the religion that we practice, the Christianity that we practice over here in America is very Eurocentric. 
We, I learned it also in the history books where uh, slavery was glorified and Christian um, Columbus was glorified. And it was no information that de demonstrated that our native people were powerful people, loving people, people who had their own cultures and their own languages. History books told me that they were savages. So just totally dehumanized who they were. History books told me that I was only a slave that because it did not in, uh, incorporate or shed light on all of the wonderful things that are in my heritage as an African woman, an African-American woman. And so if to keep me from dying spiritually, I had to choose justice. Mm. I had to learn who I was. I had to learn how to redefine who I was. I had to be able to discern and dissect between tradition and the truth. Mm -hmm. And because the truth of who I am is what emboldened me, is what gave me the ability to push back on all of the oppressive ideologies and systems that were constructed to minimize me and dehumanize me and to, to discount me. So justice was, is not an option to participate in if you're a person of color. Mm. So it was my, it's something that I have seen my parents do. It's something that I knew that if I wanted to liberate myself from the status quo and to liberate myself from the imperialistic capitalistic system and decolonize my mind, I had to fight. And as a black woman, there are two different types of fights. I have to fight the external fights of laws and policies and Jim Crow um, and, and redlining, all of the other external types of factors that try to keep me in a my place according to the dominant white culture. And I have to fight the internal battles because unfortunately I have also internalized racism. I have also internalized sexism. Remember we are all are breathing the same air. So I had to fight to fight those feelings, those teachings that made me hate myself. So, so when I talk about justice, I have to fight because if not, I won't leave a legacy of love and freedom and, and self-empowerment for people who are coming behind me. Mm. So justice is, is, is my divine responsibility. It's, mm. it's something that I feel like I have to do my part. My ancestors paid the price and they passed the baton. So it's my turn to take the, the baton and do what I can do based on the gifts that God have, has given me. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, it sounds like there's no, there's no separation in your mind between yeah. your, 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 it's like, I don't know if you know this, but I had my partner who passed away um, three years ago was native mm -hmm. and we, we got to teach a little bit and stuff. He was a chief and he would talk about your sacred responsibility, Absolutely. you know, and he just, he would always talk about that. And we started training leaders and stuff before he, he transitioned. And it's like, it's like your sacred responsibility. It's like, this is, or Dharma, you know, is what Buddhists call yeah, the it. Dharma. It's like, yeah. it's your Dharma. It's like, it's your, and I looked up that word the other day. I was like, what does it actually mean? It's a powerful word. And in Hindu, it's both in Hinduism and also um, in, there's like Buddhism and Hinduism use the word Dharma. And it means like your role in society, like that's mm -hmm. simple. It's like your work in the world. 
Yeah. You know, in Christianity, we call it our divine calling. We call it our, we call it in our circle where we call it our purpose. We also call it our divine assignment. Mm -hmm, um, divine I think we all have that. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is though, I think that when we understand that everybody has a divine assignment, everybody has a piece of the puzzle, everybody right. is a solution to someone else's prayer. That's but right. if you don't see someone as worthy of offering you anything, you will mistreat them, mm. you will mismanage them. So that's why it's important for per persons to understand I'm valuable, but everybody else is too. Right, and right. Even though our value is experienced and expressed differently, even though it comes in different color skin and different color hair and different color ability, we all have a critical uh, part of the puzzle that cannot be duplicated. That's right. And that is really, really key. That's right. And it's like, that's leadership. I, I feel like that's leadership, you know, leadership is like, they do a lot of this with women. And it's, it's like this. Um, and it, with white women, 98% of my 95% or 90%, I, could, I should say the people that I've worked with up till this time, just to be clear. Um, it's like, you can heal yourself and have your communion and, and, and start to learn how to work with your energy. Cause a lot of what we do at Awaken Life School is like training how to work with your field and your energy and not leave everyone out. And so what I discovered was, oh, that's leadership a few years ago. That's actually like taking everyone with you. And I feel like the world is now calling us all to be in that leadership. You know, like I see my niece who's 19, who's very awake spiritual, gifted. She's a seer. She's intuitive. I see, I've seen her take on leadership because they've, they've been carrying the weight of the pain of the potential of the world, you know, the environment disseminating in front of her eyes. So there's this heaviness in the next generation. Like, is the planet going to be here? The survival mind. And it literally feels like it's up to all of us at this time. But at yeah. the same time, there's this need for black people. We're talking just about black people in this, in this moment to, for example, to be heard and seen for who you are, for where you are, for, for feeling that pain, like as part of the healing journey, um, and, and like we were talking, you know, even a prayer that says, yes, we're all healing from a white person to a black person could feel like it's bypassing and dismissing Absolutely. The, the, the pain. And so I love that you said like you've had, to, you, you, you know, then you do the internalized work to me, that's like, that's the spiritual. And then the social justice is part of the grounding of that, you know, for you. And yeah. for many, 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 that's yeah. the Dharma, you know, yeah. and then, but sometimes it's so, it's the opposite, right? So like, you just find you're not satisfied, you know, whether you're white, whether you're black, you just start seeking, you know, seeking. I remember this one woman, she was referred to me, she lived in DC and she was very, I, I work a lot with intuitives and psychics because mm -hmm. when they start opening, it can be very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So when I went through that, so I had to learn how to ground, you know, now it's like great feedback when someone like, he's like, you're really earthy. I'm like, yeah, now I am, you know, like they're like, pull it in. But there's that, um, she called me and 
she was seeing spirits and she was hearing the, I could tell the, um, cause I studied some of this in my twenties, like the Orisha were calling her, like she was hearing these names of the different like African spirits that were calling her. And we were, we were talking and I was trying to support her to follow her own guidance system and like the subtlety of choice of what energies and spiritual paths she chooses. This is a little more of a spiritual part of the conversation and how, you know, there's one thing to be following, like just even following along a spiritual tradition that's been put on you or that's been inside of you. And then it's another thing to, to choose very clearly your own liberation that's not restricted by colonization or end survival. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not supportive or against traditional practices. Mm-hmm. It's not really my point, but mm-hmm. that like, even, even if you have a certain culture and a religion that your family is in, that spiritually there's another level of liberation that you might need to find outside of your familiar because she had like all her family was into this and she was trying to decide if she wanted to let it take her and we get into like these other level of conversations on awaken life radio because a lot of the listeners are more advanced and they've been on the path and, and you you start to start to as you know start to look at where's where self like we were talking about you know self-liberation and what that is yeah will you speak, will you speak a little bit about that just about yeah. the um like about the really personal spiritual journey of finding your path of your of your your divine service because i think we have different ones at different yeah. you know yeah. in different ways and how um, you support people to find that for themselves thank you i i think I, it's very multi-layered i i wrote some things down um one of the things I believe is that we don't heal in isolation. So when people say they heal themselves, I don't believe that. Right. I do believe that they can um, have an awareness of who they are, but we only understand who we are in the midst of a com- community to give us feedback. And so what I find yes. a lot happens is that people have this, what I call toxic individualism that think that they can be, so heavily minded that they're not earthly good because they're not connecting with community. So sometimes people elevate themselves as gurus and nobody is is following them and they become abusive because they don't have any accountability. Mm -hmm. I see that. Everything needs to have accountability, right? The right accountability. So I, so I don't know. I don't believe that people uh, um, ever heal in isolation. I just don't believe it. But I, I, I do think there's um, a, a, a couple of things that happened. One, my healing journey started with me understanding the truth of who I was, mm-hmm. not based on what society taught and told me. I tricked me. I terrorized me to believe about me. I had to, to totally dissect what was tradition and what was the truth and follow my own conscience and not the, the collective intelligence, which was always anti-Black and many times anti-woman. So I had to do the, the truth finding and let the truth settle in my soul because without settling, without any conviction, you don't have courage. So that was the first thing. The second thing I had to do is that I had to work in the, in the community and liberate myself and untether myself, untether myself and detach mm-hmm. myself from people, places, things, and perspectives that made me contort myself in ways that uh, took my strength away. 
because you're not strong when you're bunched up. You, I needed to take up space so I can ex ex not only express myself, but to also be in full dominion. I had to stretch out. So, and so you only do that in community because you, you practice courage in community. You might feel that you're courageous, but right. you're not courageous until you have to take action. Right. Right. And so, mm -hmm. so then I had to say, how can I support myself in the midst of rejection and resistance? Right. That's where the liberation comes. Yes, I love you. Yes, I'm a Christian. I don't believe what you believe. Yes, I know I'm a Christian. I'm going to marry who I want to marry. Yes, I know I'm a mother. I'm going to raise my child in a way that edifies my spirit in the, what I believe. So that's always this, this separation. And then many times after you separate and get stronger, then you can go back to the community with right. new skills and new strength. You can't, it's hard to separate when you don't have the clarity, you know, the courage to redefine your boundaries emotionally, spiritually, and physically what they are. And then, and then the third part is that after you, you get healed and liberated, you go back to the community and you serve mm -hmm. because we all have to be part of this collective caring. I have to care for you. You have to care for me. We have to care, care for the economy, care for the environment. And that's what's different about, uh, and you know this from um, dealing with uh, indigenous people. We believe mm -hmm. in relationships. That's relationships right. to ourselves, relationships to others, relationships to the spirit, relationships mm -hmm. to nature, mm -hmm. relationships to, to everyone. And when you're in relationship to something, you don't abuse it. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening. We have lost our connection. And then I see a lot of what I call spiritual toxicity happening when people are talking about love and light. There can be no love and light if there's the oppression of darkness. So when people say, oh, I mean, this love and light, no, love and light for you. But if your light oppresses me, that's darkness. So I, I, I really push mm -hmm. back a lot on the spiritual gurus who want to say love and light because mm -hmm. love is justice out loud. Mm -hmm. That's what love is. Love is justice out loud. So if you don't want to be just, you're not interested in love and light for me. You're only interested in love and light for your clique, your client, your community. Mm. And here's the thing. If you disenfranchise me, I cannot serve our collective community. People don't understand by hurting me, you're hurting yourself. Because we're all connected in this, in this woven fabric of humanity. That's right. And so those are the things that I'm really clear about. Mm. And I love people enough to push back on them with the truth. So yeah. when, so when many white gurus come to me and they want to talk about love and light or, or <laughs> I love people or, or, or don't mm. honor the fullness of my blackness, I call mm. them on it in love. Good. good. It's so good. I, I say love and light so much. It's so good. I freaking love this. Um, you know, it, there's this, oh, so much, there's so much richness in what you say. And I, I love how you, you express yourself and communicate and, and I like being called out and I like calling people out and I call myself I'm calling out. I'm you in. So like, hard. I'm, calling, I'm calling, calling us me? forward. Yes. And, sister. Yes, and you're calling me towards you too. We're calling, calling each other. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. We're, we're truthful. It's so good. It's so good. Um, and I'm a New Yorker, so it comes out like that too. Like, let's get freaking real right now. And um, spirituality, everything and everywhere. And let's get true. And I wanted to mention something. I wonder how you feel about this. And in, in, my, in my experience, in my spiritual awakening experiences and prayer and just life, 
I've come to see, like, I, I feel like this love, like, I love that piece where you're saying, yeah, you could be light, great love and light for you and your people. But if I'm not part of that, then it's not real because true, true love loves everything and everyone and practices. I think as human, we'll practice that if, if there's a deep enough actualization and realization of that love and that, that heart. Um, when you say that, like, how does that look in real life? To me, that's like the feminine in a way. Like that's like, I've come to in studying um, and practicing Taoism, which is mm -hmm. a modality. I st used to study a lot of healing arts and healing modalities as a practitioner. You know, there's like this, there's maybe this is something in, in Christianity. Christianity is so cool. I, I'm just starting to like all these Jesus women are showing up in my life the last couple of years. I'm like, okay, because I was raised Jewish. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, went to every other tradition everywhere to like only find like myself. But um, like, it's like the cross, right? So I'm sure there's so many mystic teachings about the cross, like that we don't even know all of them. But there's this like, this is what one of my favorite teachers taught me, who's a, who's a really enlightened um, healer, Dirk Eulenbright. And it's this, like the feminine is the relating. And I've experienced this in the work. It's the relating. And the masculine is this, like this pillar, right? Like the vertical is the masculine. And then the horizontal is the feminine, which I found to be true with my spiritual brothers and sisters over the last 20 years in community from mixed races and genders and preferences, et cetera, is like often this more masculine is like i'm gonna go like i'm just gonna commune over here solo and mm -hmm. the feminine is like this the womb energy like welcoming all like holding that container mm -hmm. and we all have all of it we all have all of it this is not to separate but more to understand who we are so when i hear you say you know well are you willing to love i mean it touches me so so deeply to be like do you love me it's like yes of course but i'm like the um my pattern is like the over deliver over giver to compensate for what what's not happening and then the shadow side of that is that oppressive like i must dominate to be heard and scream and and i i see that go across all people it's like we contract and then we lean in and are we going to shut down or are we going to open up but then there's a middle ground of sovereignty and liberation that is different than like the continuous compensation patterns that we're doing. Can you speak about some of your um, big vision for our collective liberation? And it's a big question, but you're a spiritual yeah. leader. So I think it's, handle it. yeah, first, mm. I think it's a powerful question. And thanks so much for asking. Mm. I believe that collective healing is what we need, but collective healing can only happen in the midst of collective respect mm. and collective love. Mm. And collective love and respect can only happen by honoring the truth. Mm. The truth of what happened, what truth of what didn't happen, the truth that there, there some people hold power over versus power with. Amen. That's a very different thing. True. The difference between learning about versus learn um when we can move from learning about versus versus we can move to learning from and learning with learning with the prepositions are really important. Yep. And so the collective, we all want it to happen, but sometimes in Christianity, we say, you know, whoever has more has to give more. Right. So if someone has more power and you, and you abusing your power, you have to give up some power. If you really want 
if you want peace. Because here's the thing, if I have power and I'm using my power to empower other people, that's different. But if I'm using my power to dominate you and disenfranchise you and discriminate against you, that's different. Those are not the same. Nope. So I, I, so I do, I believe that we have to collective care for each other, which means mm -hmm. we got to tell the truth. Yep. And it means that we got to grant each other enough mercy to get it wrong, to get it right. Mm -hmm. We got to, we got to let each other fall down and then reach down and pick each other up. Yeah. Because if not, we're going to be, you said it wrong. You said it wrong. I got you. I got you. I got you. All that's going to do is break it up. Now we got to check each other. And, and champion each other in love. Mm -hmm. um, that's really key, but we have to have these conversations. A and here's a question that I do when I do a lot of relationship counseling. We have to ask, here's a question. What does love look like to you? Right. Because we all experience love differently. So if I'm a person and I've grew up in poverty and being disenfranchised because I live in a, in a very oppressive culture and I had to navigate because uh, differently because of my marginalized identities, you can't love me how you would love a rich white woman. Right. I'm not gonna feel that type of love. Right. So we have to be able to be sensitive enough to know that based on someone's history in their context, that right. we have to love them. We don't have to sink in shame Right. Because shame to me is shame is a luxury that only white people have. I don't get to have shame. I have to survive. Mm. And so when people say, oh, I feel so shame. No, you're choosing to feel shame mm -hmm. because if, how can you feel shame when you're an oppressor? But I'm feeling shame because I'm making 54 cents to the dollar, to the white man's dollar. Now, who, you, you, who's embarrassed? We got mm. the same education, right? But shame to me is a luxury that that many women don't have as a black woman many of our communities our households about our households of women so if i if i succumb to shame who's going to take care of the family shame is not something that that, that is not optional mm -hmm. for women black women especially who are the most disenfranchised outside of the native american people mm -hmm. in the country we mm -hmm. are and and because we have to deal with two marginalized identities so when people say, oh, I feel shame and I didn't want to do anything, I say, that's a cop out. Mm -hmm. You felt shame and you chose not to do anything because feeling shame and doing nothing is privilege. Mm -hmm. Me feeling shame means I still have to work to put food on the table. And that's what I think the communities have to understand that, that being able to say, I'm going to tie the time out of, of working in a, in a capitalistic system is a very white woman. Right. If I say I'm going to do that, I can't get loans. My rent is usually higher. The food is really higher. The child is very higher. The food is higher in the in the inner city than the other things because because there's so so people don't realize that shame is a luxury. Mm -hmm. So we have to cry and keep moving. Mm -hmm. And and so what happens is black women, indigenous women, Latinx women. You know what happens? We bleed to death slowly. We slowly bleed to death. We have emotionalized death. And then there's no one to help us. Why? Because we, we there are health disparities. We don't have health care. We make 50 to 70% on the dollar. We have people who are woke, but they don't understand that. No, they're not woke. You're, they're awakening. But awakening is a long journey. If I'm still awakening about being black and I'm black, <laughs> you can imagine 
that a white person who took three diversity classes did not walk mm -hmm. because we don't even know the depth mm -hmm. of the programming that has mm -hmm. seeped in our hard drive of mm -hmm. our brain. Yeah, right. So it's in the body, a, right? It's in the no, body. God. Yeah, the trauma like is in, right there in the body. Absolutely. Sometimes yeah. I feel pain. Mm -hmm. I can hear an old spiritual song, mm -hmm. an old African-American spiritual, and mm -hmm. I cry. Yeah. I don't know what happened. My soul, remember, because remember, the soul never forgets. Mm -hmm. So my soul never forgets. So, so sometimes I'm carrying old wounds. I have my own personal wounds. Mm -hmm. and I'm getting new wounds mm -hmm. and then people ask me why does it I feel as a black woman I have to pay emotional tax and then I have to do emotional labor to help white people understand the impact mm -mm. do you know how fatiguing that is I don't want you to be fatigued I know <laughs> I feel it I'm crying I'm almost crying I mean oh, almost, I don't want I'm, you to cry oh it's I could do whatever I want it's fine I'm okay, I'm, so I'm, fine. I'm because it's I'm an empath like you that's got it, got and it, ever it. since, ever since my beloved transition at the grief year, I, we do a whole year of grieving ceremony. So it's yeah, like honoring yeah. this family. So I could cry with like a good hug. I mean, I cry oh, every, and I'm, you know, my age, it's like the hormone. Like, I don't worry about it. I love it. It's a, okay. it's a gift. I want to hold space for that girl. You don't have to hold space for me. Okay. Like that's a thing. Okay. okay. Let me see. I think that's interesting. Let me tell you. So that's so the thing. Say, um, so here's, here's, here's a, here's a, a good thing. Even words in the culture yes. space are very different. So yeah. the whole space, maybe yes. in one world, might be I'm going to um, allow somebody to, yes. to be there. Yes. And, and in my culture as a black woman, holding space means I'm going to be there, but I'm also going to hold you up and walk through it. So much of, of um, the work as empaths is to, you know, let yourself feel and find the gifts in feeling. Can you speak about? about that, you know, as you, as a black woman, but as Sharon, as you in your experiences. Um, tell me about your path of being an empath and how that's actually, have you found that that's been both a blessing and a curse? <laughs> Seemingly? And can you speak about the gifts? Because most of my community at the school our empaths, I train empaths to use it as your superpower. I'd love yeah. to hear some of your experiences if you found how you found your sensitivity to be actually a gift for for doing your dharma and for yes. staying uplifted in the world. Thank you. Oh, what a wonderful question. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I find that my uh, um, um, skills, my gifts, have served three three critical purposes. One is survival. Mm -hmm. Because when I was young and um, I, I didn't have the language to know, oh, it was a skill, right? You know, um, when I was young, integrating schools, I would get a sense of when to move, of when to stay. Um, that really protected me. I could have been hurt many times. Sometimes I, I was. But I, I started to started to see visions mm -hmm. and I have an aha moments. They don't, don't, and I don't, it was deeper than intuition. Like, don't do that. Go here. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait 10 minutes. Go there. So it helped me navigate as a black woman with no support, with no protection in a very white world, because I grew up in a very unsafe white world. And so my intuition is like, I can be quiet and it's just, it is like, do it now. Yeah. So it was survival. The second thing my intuition has helped me with, with um, marketing plans and success. 
I, I can hear something. It's like, okay, Sharon, say this, say it right now. Or don't say that. Wait a minute. So I'm all, I'm all and I, because I, I'm seeing movies. Sometimes I, mm-hmm. I get up and I see, I, I'm in, I'm asleep and I see a whole dream. And I used to think it was deja vu before I had language for it. I'm like, no, this was, this was God's giving me a video, provision, pro-video, provision, so that I could prepare. So I see it with success. I also, uh, I can also sense it when it's time for me to make a shift. Right. It's like, and then, and I don't, and I just feel it. And I, and I have sometimes to be quiet because sometimes I feel it I'm, and I have to listen. I used to right. be scared of it. Yeah. Now right. I just welcome it. Did I do, did I also help, helps me be a coach? Because sometimes when people um, don't know what they're feeling or they don't know what the root, and you can probably do this too when, with your coach, I can sit there and I sense it. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and I just, I, and I have, you have to learn to trust it. And I just said, this is what I'm feeling. Is it yeah. blah, 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 blah. And, it, and then they just start to cry. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. And then afterwards, I don't can't really, even or when I'm preaching, I feel it when I'm preaching, when I'm mm-hmm. preaching, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm floating. Mm-hmm. I'm just floating on, on top of the a pulpit. Oh. And some afterwards, you know, a, preach in a very uh, traditional way. And people would say, oh, that was really good. And I'm like, what did I say? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I go through you that. Know, what was it? You know, so I forgot. I, I don't even remember. Right. Yeah. The spirit yeah, it's, comes it's like, like I that. Get caught up. Yeah. And, but it's something you have to learn. Yeah. Now I have mm-hmm. to be careful because I feel things deeply. Mm-hmm. Like a Floyd and the, um, the COVID desk. I can be, I can be incapacitated too. Mm-hmm. I know, girl. And so, and I, and I, and I, and I, when I start feeling it, I, I have, I have to say, okay, what is this? Because if I can name it, I can climb out of it. But if it settles, and I can't say, okay, where's this coming from? It can put me, it can put me in the bed. But I'm grateful for it because it is grateful for it. It it's gives a me a sensitivity. Yeah. How did you? How did you move through? I mean, I remember I have a similar story in that, like. I was reading this book, How to Develop Your Psychic Abilities when I was 11. And I threw it across the room, I remember, because I was like, this is cool. And it freaked me out. And then not till I was like 20, when I found myself on a conscious spiritual journey that came out of heartbreak and soul searching, did it start to, and had community, you know, and meeting the grandmothers and stuff and like having community to pray with and and understand what's happening and start to get visions for the future. Then the fear started going away as I would feel that it was safe to open up to something beyond me as I know me. So critical. But a lot of people, they're stuck with that fear. Yeah. Can you just pick one thing to help how people can move through that fear? Yeah. Is that's where we have to, like you said, the elder wisdom. Mm-hmm. And I think that that we in in the in the Western culture we don't revere our elders in a way that allow our elders to help us explain the unexplainable. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes you know in my new book I have a whole section on, on elder wisdom. Okay. Because it will give tell us information. And it's interesting. Sometimes I never understood it, but I, I was taught just listen to it and tuck it away in your soul. Tuck it away in your soul. You're going to need it. My mother, my old people say, keep that in, in your spirit. You're going to need it. Keep mm-hmm. it in your spirit. So sometimes 
you know, when I was writing a book, people were like, how do you know these, all these old sayings? Because the chapter, the books are 70 chapters. I'm like, because they used to say, you're going to need it. Back in the way <laughs> right I used there. to yeah, so I always took, you know. I took, like that. I like that. You guys can't see we are, we're on video, but she's literally tucking it in her pocket. <laughs> yeah, tucking it in my spirit. Oh, that's yeah. great. Tuck it in your spirit. That's a great name for a book, too. Yeah. Hey, so I want to let you get on with your day and, and uh, really grateful to have this, this chat with you. How can our listeners follow up with you and, and find out about that book and, and all the beautiful work you're doing? First, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. Everything is my name. Mm-hmm. You know, um, all social media is my name. The book is called Dare to De- Deciding to Soar Too, um, mm-hmm. Wrapping Your Purpose. Mm-hmm. It's another way to look at the challenges in our lives because our challenges are only re- are used to refine us, to do what we have been called to do, our purpose, our dharma, our divine assignment, however terminology you give it. Yeah. And um, I also have a program coming up called I Dare to Be Me where we talk mm. about how to get home back home to ourselves mm. and how to decolonize our thinking and, and to deal with our internalized racism, to deal with to- toxic sisterhood so we can learn some skills to skills. collaborate, to, mm. to disagree without disconnecting because we need Beautiful. each other. We and need that's what I teach in my classes. Dude, I'm so inspired by you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for you your for time. I, I'm so grateful and I wish you much, much success. Thank you. Thank you so much, sister. If you loved today's episode, and I sure hope you did, you can continue to listen to Awaken Life Radio wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. For easy access, you can simply go to narayanigaya.com forward slash podcast to listen to weekly episodes that I release every Thursday. Also at narayanigaya.com, you can check out upcoming classes and workshops and review mentorship and private sessions that I offer you to support you on your journey of awakening. Thank you so much. Namaste.